And it's the Buffalo Bills edition of the Miami Dolphins In-Depth podcast. The Miami Dolphins will be traveling to Buffalo this week. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm looking wantingly at my pool, star of show, and, <laughs> and understanding that this weekend I will be very far away from said pool. When you say Buffalo Bill, I don't think of the football team. I don't think of the is it the actor. I think of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I have the image of she puts the lotion in the basket. I mean, that's uh, – I, I don't know why that just popped into my head. It's neither here nor there. But when I think of Buffalo Bill, I think of uh, skin suit. Yes, truly sick individual that you are. <laughs> <laughs> my God, dude. Do you, like, kill puppies in your dreams or what? No, I'm a friend of all animals. I, I just I just know my uh, – my, my, my award-winning movies very well, and that's one that I saw at an early age, and it's stuck with me ever since. So I want to get to the Buffalo Bills uh, soon enough. It's a big game for the Miami Dolphins, huge. It could be the difference between 1-5 and five and 0-6. Oh and, <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll get to that. But I want to address first, Adam, if you will, the whole idea that Dolphin fans are convinced, convinced that if they sell out and sell their souls for tanking and going winless, the winless part I have a very deep, deep problem with. Nonetheless, if they do that and get the number one pick, that will assure them of championship and or and or sustained success in the future. Mm-hmm. So I don't buy that. I don't. I, I there is nothing like that that I have experienced that suggests that's definitely going to happen. Oh, I think that's fair. Uh, what and I, I think there is a good chunk of the, 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 the fan base that just thinks that, hey, get to it in here and we're off to the races. And maybe, maybe that's the case, or maybe he's a bust. Uh, I think what savvier fans would see is nothing is guaranteed. There's, there's, there's nothing that says we're going to wake up in 2023 and the Dolphins will win the Super Bowl. But I think what they would argue is, this gives us a better chance in what we're doing. And we're so tired of being on this hamster wheel of 6, to, six and 10 to 10 and 6, and we're, we're ready. Let's do something drastic. And if it works, awesome. And if it doesn't, what did it cost us? Just another three years? Well, it cost them much pain, and, you know, they were basically uh, lied to, and they, they again – there is something patently immoral about tanking. It's for a professional team, any professional team. It's not the right thing to do. Uh, and I understand it's 2019 and morality one way or the other is not a big deal to this society. Uh, it's, it's not about that anymore. But it's wrong to not try. It's wrong to not do the best that you can at every turn. Having said that, 
They're doing it. And Tua, I don't know that he's going to be good. Uh, Joe Burrow, I don't know that he's going to be good. Uh, You know, uh, Justin Herbert, I don't know that he's going to be good. And if you watch them, some days they're good in college, and some days they're not. And even when they're good, they do things that they will not be able to do in the NFL. I guarantee you Tua will not be able to throw a 12-yard slant and it becomes an 80-yard touchdown in the NFL. It will not happen with the, with the uh, amount of frequency that it happens for him at Alabama. I'll tell you one group that's praying for it to fail, and those are the people uh, on the beach in Fort Lauderdale this week uh, who run the NFL. The league meetings are down here this week, and if the Dolphins successfully sandbag 2019 and successfully draft a franchise-altering quarterback at number one and successfully win their first championship in in almost five decades, or will be five decades by that point because it's not happening in the next two years, um, the NFL is going to have to do something about it because this is a copycat league, and if it works for the Dolphins, other teams will think it will work for them. And you'll have going into the season, it's like the NBA, it's like Major League Baseball, 25 to 30 percent of the teams in the NFL, when they see a quarterback they think is a difference maker in the draft, completely punt on their season. And that will be terrible for a league that prides itself on competitive balance, parity. 80% of the league has a chance to make the playoffs with three, seasons, three games left in the season. Um, and the NFL, will, will, if it works for the Dolphins, will feel compelled to make drastic changes to how the draft order is determined going forward because they will not allow the league to become what it's become in other leagues because you've seen – um, the NBA obviously is great when the marquee players or teams are great. When it's, you know, the, the, the Celtics Lakers, when the Warriors are the greatest show on earth, when LeBron is incredible. But there are 10 to 12 teams every year, and Miami Sally has been one of those teams for the better part of the last five or six years, that you know they have zero chance, zero chance at the end of the season, and ratings hurt because of it. The NFL prides itself that every fan base wakes up on August 1st when training camp starts with the belief their team might make some noise. And if more and more teams do what the Dolphins are doing, uh, the NFL won't stand for it because you'll see a cratering in their ratings like the Dolphins have seen the cratering in their ratings locally. I think it was under 10 again this week. Uh, Armando, this past week they had an announced attendance, an announced attendance, of around 55,000, meaning that's the first time since they shrunk their stadium it has not been a sellout. And I don't think it's any coincidence it coincides with the team going in the tank. And, by the way, a lot of those people that were in the stadium were were wearing burgundy and gold. Mm -hmm. They were Redskins fans. And they were in seats that typically go to season ticket holders. But let me tell you why – um, you're absolutely right. It's a copycat league. Have you noticed that no one in the NFL has really done what the Dolphins are doing to this extreme, to this sort of, um, you know, narrative? 
it's because every other team in the NFL, except maybe the Miami Dolphins, has studied history and recognizes that the first overall pick guarantees you zero talent. Zero. It does not guarantee you that you will get a quarterback who will lead you to a championship. In 1990, Adam, my first year covering the NFL and the Miami Dolphins full-time, the uh, the Colts, they drafted number one overall. They picked Jeff George. <laughs> okay? Number one overall. In 1993, the New England Patriots had the number one overall pick. They picked Drew Bledsoe. The Seattle Seahawks had the number two pick. They picked Rick Myra. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me again what year those guys won Super Bowls. Oh, Drew Bledsoe won in 2001. <laughs> he only played about oh, eight snaps that year, but he won in 2001. He has a Super Bowl ring. And I will say this, and I, I, agree, I, I agree largely with your point, I think Bledsoe was a good pick because he got to a Super Bowl with that team on his own, too. They went to the Super Bowl in, what, 97, 98, something like that, and lost to Brett Favre. So, Who yeah. was picked in what? <laughs> exactly. So uh, the guy that was picked number one overall lost to the guy who was not. I got a question for you. What would this city do if it reached the Super Bowl? I'm not saying won it, but reached the Super Bowl. It would, it would set this town ablaze because – there is a lot of sleeper cell Dolphins fans in this town that have just gotten so fed up over the last 15 years with, again, we're talking about this hamster wheel, that they've just given up. The, 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 that's low-hanging fruit for this team, okay? This team starts winning again, and the, 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 the 9.8 rating becomes an 18, 19, 20 rating again. I'm not saying it will ever be the same that it was before. There, there's, this, this community is too diverse too buried in its tastes to, 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 to have that kind. And there's too many teams, to be honest. There's, when the Dolphins were king, 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 they were the only show in town. Um, but I will say this. Um, there is, there, there is a, an army of Dolphins fans that wants to be activated. Right now they are apathetic. And, and I'll, I will say this, Armando. I, I think for the first time in a while, those apathetic fans have something to look forward to. And it's sick. And it's twisted to think that they that what they have to look forward to is a loss every Sunday. But they're on board. A lot of people I talk to are on board with the plan. Um, we, we can discuss whether or not it's going to be successful there or not. There is no plan. But go ahead. You, you don't think at this point that they're, okay, let's, <laughs> let's go down this road. Because I know our colleague brought up the idea of, Steve Ross interceding late in the season if he has to. But you don't think that there are people in that building now that see the benefit of picking first overall? Um, not in the coaching staff. Not Agreed. on the coaching staff. Excuse me. Agreed. Not in the locker room. Not on the coaching staff. Everyone that thinks like that is either in uh, personnel or staff or media relations. Not in the coaching staff, not in the locker room. So there's that. Well, that's I, 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 yeah, that's, that, that's fair. But, again, it, they have a big say in what happens on Sunday, on Sundays, but they don't have the ultimate say because I'll ask you this. 
if Laramie Tunsil was picking up uh, the, uh, the the Anderson who was rushing free in the two point conversion, and the uh, best possible running back the Dolphins could acquire was catching the ball, and the best possible quarterback was throwing the ball, and the best possible wide receivers were blocking downfield, the Dolphins win that game. They lost that game on Sunday. Yes, you can question some of the coaching decisions, but they lost that game on Sunday because of a talent deficiency. And if you can't beat the Redskins, who are the 31st best team in the National Football League because of talent deficiency, you are by far the worst team in the league. But again, you're making a huge assumption that I don't believe can be made. You're equating first overall pick or three first-round picks next year and two the following year with great players. I don't make that assumption because I've seen the drafts the last four or five years, and I've seen how first-round first picks do not – do not often, in fact, more often than not, do not equate to great players by the Miami Dolphins. They just don't. Charles Harris is a scrub. That guy is a bust. And that guy is a first-round pick of the same general manager who is going to pick number one overall for the Miami Dolphins if they have that pick next year. I agree. Charles Harris was a bad, bad pick. I'm not going to make excuses for that. That it's one that's going to go on the permanent record of Chris Greer and his staff. Totally get that. Uh, I will say this: you, you you take a broader look at them, and they hit not just the first round pick, but throughout at about the league average. They're not great, but I wouldn't say they're awful either. There's a reason a team gave up two first round picks for Laramie Tunsil. There's a reason. You know that uh, the team gave up a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. And wait, 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 wait. Let me interrupt you on that. Mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick was the number one pick of the Miami Dolphins in 2018. Mm-hmm. And what were we told about Minka Fitzpatrick? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That he was a great character guy who could do it yeah! all. Yeah, among other things. So how great a character is it when the guy, in, in, in a matter of months, after his first year, in a matter of months, he checks out and wants nothing to do with your coaching staff or any sort of coming and looming adversity? What kind of character is that that you sold us? Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. Did get the character right? I still think he's a really good player that other teams, five or six other teams in the league gave a first-round grade even a year and a half into his contract. And I don't think people give credit for, for what Greer does right. Yes, he's gotten some things wrong, but I would say by and large he is average. He's not – Terrible. He's not great. He's been average, and I think he'd be the first one to admit that he hasn't been great. 
But that's the reason you get all these draft picks, Armando. You get all these draft picks because you know there are going to be inevitably some misses unless your name is uh, Jerry Jones in recent years. Because even Bill Belichick, the god of all NFL, perhaps the greatest football mind ever to step foot on this planet, gets a lot of things wrong. I mean, in the draft, he gets, he gets a lot of things wrong. But they overcome it because they have these volume of picks. And, again, I'm just playing the math. And it's like poker. It's like any game of odds, chance, and skill. You give yourselves with skill the best opportunity so when luck arrives, you maximize your winnings. But that doesn't mean you're going to not get beat sometimes. That doesn't mean you're not going to have things go against you in any given hand or any given tournament, for that matter. But I think broadly they have the right philosophy as get as many high-valuable draft picks as humanly possible, and you accumulate not just one year of those, but year over year over year of those, which I think they will continue to do. I don't think it's just a two-year – I wouldn't at all be surprised if they wouldn't take one of the first-round picks this year and trade back for future first-round picks and do that year after year because that's something else the Patriots do. And then so if you have the Charles Harris, which we can all agree is a complete another bust – it doesn't destroy your franchise. This is why your argument of volume is flawed. It's flawed because they have three first-round picks next year, so they can add a lot of great players, three at least. But only one of those, only one of those will be a quarterback. And so there is no volume of picks to fill the quarterback position. There is one pick to fill the quarterback. <laughs> you, better get it, you better get it right. <laughs> and so, therefore, being average is not good enough because, on average, even with first-round picks, Carson Palmer, uh, and I'm talking about first overall picks, Carson Palmer, Tim Couch, uh, uh, Michael Vick, People like that, David Carr, uh, any number of guys that I've just mentioned to you, they're, they're Alex Smith. Davis Winston. You know, these guys were number – Jamarcus Russell uh, off the top of my head. Matt Stafford, who we saw last night play against um, the Green Bay Packers, is a good – NFL player, but he was drafted to be great and take the Detroit Lions to an NFL championship, and what has happened instead is they've been through, I would say, four coaches since he was drafted, and they had a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, an 0-16 season, no? <laughs> or was that the year before? No, I, mean, they, uh, I don't think they went 0-16 with Matt Stafford. I think no, uh, the year that, before. Yeah, because that was the year that uh, they were six and ten last year. Who was the guy on ESPN that ran out of the back of the end zone? Um, the, uh, the, the Lions backup quarterback, and now is a broadcaster. They've had they, it, that was a rough year for them. Uh, I will. Matt Bradford, how many Super Bowls did he win? I will number bring, one overall pick. I will grant you this broader point, Armando. If they get the quarterback wrong, they're all fired, right? If, if, if they get that decision wrong, every single one of those people that are making those decisions, will, including Reggie McKenzie, presumably, and the, and, and the great staff, and, and this isn't even tongue-in-cheek, but the great staff that Chris Greer has assembled, 
those guys will all be fired. They will all be gone. Um, so they understand, and they know that. They understand the gravity of the moment. Um, and I think that's why everyone kind of got, you know, itchy last year because they didn't take Dwayne Haskins. And if I were Chris Greer and I had the slightest bit of uh, doubt about Dwayne Haskins, I wouldn't take him either because you look at GMs. There are a lot of retread coaches out there. There aren't a lot of retread GMs. If you get it wrong the first time, by and large, you don't get a second shot at it. That's it for you. And so they're going to obviously – you've written about it. It's widely known. 90% of the resources of their, their, their personnel department between now and the end of April will be dedicated to getting that question correct. And if they get it right, awesome. We have a – the Miami Dolphins are back. And if they get it wrong, they're done. They're all getting, they're all getting wiped out. And, and my argument would be, and I think it's their argument too, even though they would not articulate this until we get to the combine, we would much rather have the entire field from which to choose than having the field winnowed by one, maybe two quarterbacks by the time we pick. And that's why they're going through this entire exercise. That's, that's true. But you know what? I could do that. Yeah. Anybody can do that. It's not hard it's to lose. first-round pick, and I've maximized my chances – of picking the right guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Joe on the street can do that. That's not the point. The point is, show me some expertise to where uh, you are picking Peyton Manning and not Ryan Leaf. Do that. Then I'll be impressed. I mean, everybody and their mother understood that uh, Robert Griffin the third. RG3, was a darn great college football quarterback. Amazing. I personally thought he was awesome. He went number two overall. He's a career backup. Number two overall. I mean, he, he had some horrible health luck. But yes, whatever I, the reason, I understand. he is a career backup. Yes, that's true. That the is Buffalo true. Bills in the first round took E.J. Manuel. To be their their forever quarterback, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Blake Bortles. I mean, this is it, oh, Jameis Winston went number one. Number one is Jameis Winston even a good quarterback? Uh, not currently. Uh, I think I think you're being a little unfair though to how many great quarterbacks have come out of the first round. Facts are not unfair. Tell me the great ones. The great ones. No, number one overall. Oh, number one overall. Well, that's just mis- that's, 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 number that's, one overall guys. That's mistakes. Those are personnel mistakes. I'm not going to argue the great ones. The great ones. Peyton Manning is the, probably the best quarterback ever to step foot in the planet. Right. So you got one against my what? Twelve. Uh, I would say that another one. Jared Goff was one game away from winning the entire championship last year. Yeah. Not uh, okay. Uh, uh, John Elway. John Elway. John Elway turned out okay, didn't he? I mean, there are examples of quarterbacks. John Elway wasn't the best quarterback in that draft. Wow. amazing. He's got the John most Elway rings. didn't win anything until the Denver decided to hand the ball to a, a, a running back. And that's when the Denver Broncos just, you know, got really, really good and won championships. Wanda, who you got on Sunday? We got to get out of here. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got on Sunday? Uh, 
The uh, the Buffalo Bills win or lose on Sunday, Adam Beasley. The Buffalo Bills win, and I think they they win handily. I think the Dolphins <laughs> played their best game on Sunday, and it was not good enough to beat the second worst team in the National Football League at home. I'm calling it right now, bro. This is going to surprise you. Um, I will have beef on Weck on Saturday. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah, you joining us for the Buffalo Bills edition in which we spoke about the Buffalo Bills for about 37 seconds of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, pick your brain, sir. You too, my friend. All right. See you next week, guys. Thank you.